At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. The following is an exclusive presentation of the Carolina Panthers and the National Football League. Panther This is Panther Talk on the Carolina Panthers Radio Network. Well, the message was in the locker room is that, number one, I commended those guys for really coming together this week. Very difficult type situation, uh, but, you know, they weathered the storm, circled the wagons, we had a great week of practice. We just didn't get the, uh, the end results that we wanted. And now, along with Jim Zoki and Eugene Robinson, here's Anish Shroff with Panther Talk, live from the Panthers broadcast facility at Bank of America Stadium. It is Panther Talk, Monday, October 17th, Carolina Coming back from a long flight from Los Angeles, the Panthers now 1-5 after a loss to the Los Angeles Rams at SoFi Stadium. A lot to get to in this show. We'll hear from Steve Wilkes, the interim head coach. We'll hear from Darren Gant from Panthers.com. Jim Zoki caught up with Johnny Hecker, who had a bit of a reunion this weekend. He won a Super Bowl with the Rams. We'll uh, answer some fan questions as well. Um, a, a, a lot to get to and a lot to digest here. And, Eugene, I want to start with you. You know, the, the one thing as we move forward in this season, and who knows you know, the trajectory here, if it changes and it goes back north, if it continues in the same direction. But even if it does, you know, optics, right? Optics are important. We said this at the end of the broadcast yesterday. You go back to the San Francisco game, you had your stadium flooded with visiting fans. Obviously, the coaching change last week, and then the Robbie Anderson situation. You just get the sense the Panthers need something. Forget wins and losses for a moment. They need something just to just to change the optics of, of kind of where we are. And I heard you say that comment on, on the air, and I agree with you in this one regard. I thought one of the best optics that we saw was Robbie Anderson getting kicked off the field. What, why is that? And I'm telling you because it sets a precedence. It sets a, a new coach, interim coach, comes in. He has so much to think about, so much to do. You got the defense. You got the offense, the special teams. You got all these layers that's going on. And then you have a disgruntled employee. Your job as a football player is you are a pawn in the coach's hands, and they get to use you any way they see fit, any way they see fit. And the fact that there was maybe some – he was dissatisfied with not getting the time he thought he deserved. Well, that's the coach's decision. Every football player knows that. And you can be upset. I, I get that. But when you challenge another coach, 
and you challenge someone's authority, now you're stepping over the bounds. And if you don't do something, you lose the entire locker room because now nobody respects you. And what they, what coach what coach did, in my opinion, and I'm just being a football player underneath the authority of other coaches, I thought he did the right thing because that sets a presence to everybody in the locker room that Coach Wilkes ain't playing. Well, speaking of Coach Wilkes, let's bring him on. And, and Coach, I don't know if you heard what Eugene just said, but um, I'll give you a chance to to respond to Eugene's reaction there. Uh, Eugene is correct. You know, I said I said this before. Uh, no one player, no one coach is bigger than the team. And you know, I want to make sure that we all pull in the same direction with uh, you know the unfortunate circumstances and where we are right now. Uh, I thought the guys did a great job this week coming together. Uh, having a tremendous week of practice. We just really didn't see the fruits of our labor uh, this past week, but I did see a lot of progress, and I feel like we're moving in the right direction. I want to make sure that we have no distractions. Coach, it's uh, Jim Zoki, and now you've had a chance to look at the tape after uh, going through the game uh, yesterday. What, what further details and kind of add-on uh, statements do you have from what you saw first blush seeing the game in person that you've looked through the tape and got a chance to kind of review that? I thought we, we started fast. I thought we played a, a great first half, uh, really executing our game plan, you know, controlling the line of scrimmage. We had like 78 yards rushing. You can really see Christian getting into a groove. Uh, defensively, I thought we did a great job stopping the run early. Uh, and, you know, really looking at the uh, the score, having a big turnover right before the half, we were right where we wanted to be. Uh, what put us in a difficult uh, spot was, you know, our nemesis, which has been third down. Yes. You know, uh, mm-hmm. we had an opportunity uh, on one drive right before that first score to get off the field, you know, three times, third and I believe it was 15, 13, and seven. Uh, and we just got to do a great job of tackling. Uh, they threw the uh, permanent screen out there, uh, hit us with an uh, inside zone, and we just got to do a great job of getting off blocks. And then on the offensive side of the ball, I felt like we did a great job of trying to get in third and manageable. Uh, by creating positive plays on first and second down. It was third and five, third and four, uh, and we just got to find a way to convert. And, Coach, when we see the ball travel a little bit further down, north down the field, we saw a lot of the slip screens. We saw some swings out of the backfield with with uh, uh, Christian. and All eyes were on Christian. Might we see more so the ball going down 10, 15, 20 yards north? Uh, uh, Eugene, you know, it's week to week is different. Uh, in, in regards to who you're playing, uh, I definitely want to make sure that we put our guys in position to be successful. When you look at, uh, you know, DJ, you look at Terrace, uh, you know, uh, Higgins, uh, we got some guys that can really stretch the field, got some guys that I feel are, are, are good in creating space. So uh, we definitely want to try to push it down the field. And when guys uh, are, are doing well in the run game, offensive line is, is coming off the ball, it really opens up the play action for you. So I'm excited about, you know, uh, moving forward and things that we can do. Coach, as a head coach, would you lend some of your expertise from a defensive perspective to the offensive perspective, and particularly with the coordinators, because defensive coordinators, you know where the trouble spots are, cover four, cover two, cover three, uh, loading the box, all that stuff. So will you now lend your eye to the offensive side of the ball to say, hey, how we can take advantage of what you're seeing other teams do against you? Uh, yes, uh, Coach McAdoo and I, we, we talk, uh, and that's exactly what I do from a perspective of really telling him, okay, these are the things that I feel like gives me 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 problems, give us problems defensively. So 
Uh, some of the things we're doing personnel-wise with getting certain guys on the field like Foreman and McCaffrey at the same time uh, with the RPO stuff, McCaffrey going on jet sweeps, and then, you know, with the big body inside, based off the look uh, that PJ sees, he's either going to throw that uh, bubble out there or hand the ball off. So I think we're creating what I consider to be on the defensive side, a lot of window dressing, and that's what you want to be able to do. And, and then at times be able to uh, pick your spots and go in vertical down the field. Coach, to that point, was that sort of part of what your spin was going to be on, on this program or on this franchise offensively? Considering Christian McCaffrey used him split wide, used him in the slot, you put him in motion in the backfield, like you said, when you had Foreman in there. Hey, we got to find a way to, to, to use him just in, in more ways? Uh, of course. And, and again, you know, from a, a defense perspective, when you get two guys like that on the field and you're able to put, out, put Christian out in the slot, because the league is all about matchups, and that's what you're trying to find. And if you get a linebacker out on him in space, we feel like we like that matchup. Uh, we're just going to try to export that. So it's it's trying to be creative in your alignments. And, again, with all the motions and the shifts and things that you're doing, just really trying to get one guy out, out, out of uh, location so, therefore, you can have a very explosive play. Steve, you got so much experience having been a head coach, having been a coordinator, positions coach for you. It seemed like, to our eye, the operations were very smooth for being on a short week and having to settle back into that head coaching role. Did it come right back to you in terms of all the things a head coach has to do on the fly like that with your crew? Uh, it, it, it did, and I think you have to, you know, again, just rely on your past experiences. I think I try to do a great job with uh, open line of communication and really giving the expectations ahead of time of what I'm looking for in operations on the sideline, uh, a lot of dialogue between the coaches and, and what to expect. Uh, and, and really being in crucial situations, saying, okay, we talked about this on Friday. We already know exactly what play we want to call. Uh, we know this situation. And uh, I think when you can do that ahead of time, it makes the operations run smoothly. Coach, what do you see the DNA or the character of this team? And specifically, I, I always say the defense, they, they fly around and um, they, they get after it. But offensively, I'm trying to figure out what is the character, what is that thing that makes this this team tick. Have you seen that emerge, or is it something that I don't see that you see in practice that um, that will tell you that? Well, I, I think one of the things that you want to try to create is is really no separate in identity from offense, special teams, you know, or defense. And the one thing that you just talked about, you know, defensively, you know, we're very aggressive. We feel like everything we do starts up front. And that's really the mentality that I wanted to create this past week on the offensive side of the ball was, you know, let's control the line of scrimmage. You know, let's establish this run game, this smash mouth football. Mm. And from there to be able to, you know, create some opportunities on the perimeter and then be able to take our shots vertical down the field. And you saw that with uh, how we moved the ball early on and being able to uh, really manage and, and really shorten the game a little bit, which we did the first half. So uh, I don't want us to be able to sit back and uh, be passive. I want us to be aggressive in our play and really to have that blue-collar mentality, man, that we're just going to get out to people in all three phases. Coach, part of the equation here is also health. And at one point, obviously, Jeremy Chin was out. You're down your top three corners. No Frankie Louvu. Are you hoping for at least some reinforcements on the defensive side of the ball this week? Uh, definitely so. And uh, just waiting to really hear the uh, injury report 
uh, on Wednesday to see exactly where we are with guys progressing. But, you know, the one thing I know, and Eugene will tell you, man, the NFL, they're not going to feel sorry for you at all. So uh, it's your responsibility to be able to get the best guys out there. That's why, you know, I put a lot of pressure on the coaches as well as myself and really trying to develop, you know, the practice squad guys. And when they have the opportunity to come up, we feel like we're not going to miss a beat because of the, of the work and the time that we put in with those guys, you know, previous I ask this understanding that, again, you won't know all the, the full injury report till Wednesday, but for those who didn't see your afternoon press conference or hearing this for the first time, the quarterbacks, uh, where kind of are we at this moment? As far as we know with P.J. Walker, uh, your thoughts on a little bit that Jacob Eason did and the possibility of Sam Darnold just at that position this uh, upcoming couple of weeks? Uh, I, I start with Sam. Sam's coming back this week. I'm, I'm looking, you know, I'm very uh, uh, happy that he's coming back. I'm looking forward to him progressing and moving in practice to see exactly what he can do. It's been a while. Uh, I thought PJ did a great job, you know, again, in, in trying to manage the game and do the things we asked him to do. Uh, he, he got that that one hit. And, of course, with uh, NFL protocol, we had to bring him out. And I thought Easton did a great job playing with poise and really taking us down the field and had that opportunity to be able to get that score at the end. You know, so uh, I love the fight uh, in this team. You know, uh, the guy, these guys are gritty. Uh, they work hard. They put the time and effort in. And uh, I just commended them as well for being uh, the kind of men that they are to be able to endure uh, the situation that just happened this past week and, and really circle the wax and come together and uh, put together a good performance. Uh, we didn't pan out the way we wanted to, and we're going to continue to work hard and progress. Coach, I got one more before we'll let you go. Tom Brady and the Bucks come to town. Um, how do you rattle Tom Brady? Because apparently you're not allowed to hit him. <laughs> uh, okay, don't get in no trouble, Coach. That was the announcer quoted, yeah. not the coach. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You know, uh, Tom, as we all know, is, is, is the greatest to ever play that position. So uh, it's going to be a difficult task for us, but we're definitely going to be up for it. Uh, played, uh, coached against him in, in several different areas, uh, different teams, rather. And, uh, you know, it's hard to get to him because he gets rid of the ball so quick. Uh, we got to be very creative this week in, in the things that we do defensively, just trying to, you know, change our coverages up. Uh, and and they, they're very talented, as, as as you know, starting with Evans, you know, at the receiving core. So uh, I'm excited about the opportunity, man, and I'm looking forward to the challenge this week. Hey, Coach, we appreciate you joining Thank you, us. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, guys. Take care now. And, Anish, what we don't know about Tom Brady is – is he on vacation this week? Is there a wedding he has to attend? Uh, Bed Bath and Beyond could be a busy Saturday for him going into this, so we don't know exactly what his schedule looks yeah, what like. What did he say in the in the preseason when he when he took off for 10, 11 days? Uh, I had bleep to take care of, right? Yeah, right. I got stuff to do, He's man. Like 45 hey. years old. I got it stuff is. to take yeah, care of. I got of. stuff to do, man. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. Um, shift happens, right? That's, that's, <laughs> that's, that's, that's what he said. Uh-huh. Right? Uh, we'll step aside. Hey, when we come back, um, we got more to do on this show. We'll hear from Johnny Hecker. We'll hear from Darren Gant, who was in the Panthers' locker room talking to a number of the players today. So uh, we'll find out what Darren found out, and we will continue here on Panther Talk. This is Panther Talk, brought to you by Bank of America, official bank of the Carolina Panthers. Felt like we executed our game plan early on and, you know, really trying to establish the line of scrimmage, you know, control the clock. I thought we had some good runs, but, um, you know, for the duration of the game right here, we just got to find a way to continue to try to execute. Panther Talk continues on the Carolina Panthers radio network. Broadcast Roundtable is brought to you by Sitco. Keep your engine clean. 
with Try Clean Sitco Gasoline. Sitco, let's go together. Anish Shroff, Eugene Robinson, Jim Zoki. He, big... didn't, he didn't pass the two-minute drill to try to get his Kit Kat candy bar <laughs> open during the commercial break. <laughs> and he had to put it down because he, could, to put it down. he, yeah. couldn't, he couldn't execute the rapper in time for the I know, man. Break. What's going on with these rappers? It's not like a rapper, a bite-proof, man. What's going on with that? Just to give you guys an idea, Eugene's <laughs> sitting in the middle between Jim and I, and uh-huh. he's got uh, uh, what looks like five yeah. Lifesaver breath mints and yeah, the, then a then uh, w- the wintergreen kind which is the ones you need to get all right, i'm just right. saying and then that's uh is that a kit kat it's a kit kat i think this is a left you left want, do you want me to go to jim first so you <laughs> yeah, can take a bite jim, is yeah. that, would you like that's that i'll was, was <laughs> see if you can ex- execute that during the break yeah you want to go to jim it first. is fun size it is fun size, all right so. jim so <laughs> robbie anderson traded to the yes. arizona cardinals uh future sixth future seventh round pick uh essentially after yesterday it was pretty obvious we were there we were in la we're calling the game and when you saw what happened, um, <laughs> it seemed very inevitable that he had probably played his last snap as a Carolina Panther. And I say, uh, again, I know that he was in a starting role with the team, but kudos for them to recoup two draft picks in the situation. I thought it might be a release situation because who wants an uh, uh, attitude situation entering in midseason on another team? And so, as they say, wish him well. And certainly he's had times where he's played well, including the 75-yard catch against Cleveland in Week 1. But uh, going back to 2020, had a good year that led to him getting the contract extension. But last year he had a lot of drops. Uh, This year was not going well. And what you don't – it's one thing, you know, if you don't play well or the team's not going well, what you can't have, though – and we've seen it off and on through the years with our team or other teams – is player assistant coach or head coach blow-ups and things like that going on. And uh, to Eugene's point earlier, to have the coach on his first game back in as a head coach interim have to deal with that in the third quarter and, and just say, go to timeout, we're doing this game. <laughs> and whatever the resolution was going to be, to handle that on the fly during the spot of you know trying to execute a football game out there and just say, you're a distraction, get, get out of the yeah. way of what's going on here. That was done well. But then to come in on Monday – and swing a trade that quickly, uh, I think it's good. It's good for the uh, the morale of the team. The I agree. locker room sometimes addition by subtraction. I agree is a real thing, and it just it hasn't happened honestly for the last two years for Robbie here. And here it is, uh, Robbie's talented. Don't make don't make some mistakes about it. He can run. He can you know take the top off of defense. He can get to that free safety. Take, take move the corner out. You know, and I thought that there was a missed opportunity. You know, because I've been around players who. Now, I won't say their names, but they're more concerned about their stats than they are about winning the game. And they were much more concerned about how many catches they had, whether we won or lost. And so, and I'm saying that Robbie's not that guy, but what was, what was emblematic was that when I saw him off by himself, I know there's a certain thing where you collect yourself and you want some privacy. Get that. But I didn't see any of these guys who are in that room with them go and say, and get in his ear. Now, that was telling to me. I'm like, where is DJ Moore that will come up to him like, hey, boom, get in his ear? One of those guys. You, you, so what? So what's the translation there? Have they written him off? See, you think they wrote I, him off already? See, so I'm not saying they wrote him off, but I thought it was, I found it so strange because typically when something like that goes down, it reverberates throughout throughout your 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 team unit, defensive backs, and then somebody in the defensive back group go, let me go talk to old boy, let me go talk to him. That's what happens. Whether that's an offense, running backs, that's what happens. And I didn't see that, and I was looking for it. Now, maybe they, somebody, maybe the cameras didn't get it, all right? And so I got to give them some latitude. However, I didn't see that, that someone come to his defense and say, hey, man, Robbie, cool down, this and that, get yourself together. I didn't see that at all. When we talk to Darren Gant, that's one of the things we want to ask is, 
Did anybody in the locker room come to his defense? I'm curious. I'll be, not, I'll be blunt. Maybe not defense, but just come to say, man, hey, you all right? How you doing, dude? You go, you, you okay? Hey, you know, hey, let's 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 table this for another time, like that that type of stuff. I mean, to be blunt, you're the number two receiver who is underperformed. The team is one in five. Yes. There's not really a leash there for you. It's not about you at that point. <laughs> it's, it's not about you. Yeah. And, again, there have been diva-wide receivers in the NFL. That, that That's not a unicorn. We've seen that. But the point is, if you're a T.O. or a Chad Johnson, or you're one of these guys, even a Randy Moss in his day, you know what? People may have seen that. Yeah, he does that, and he's got his antics. But we'll put up with it because the production is there. When the team isn't playing well and the offense isn't playing well and your numbers aren't there and you're not producing and he's had some drops. Last year, what, he was targeted? Uh, yes. When you look at his targets, I mean, he caught less than 50% of the balls thrown his direction. Mm-hmm. So it's a larger sample size, and then you're making noise in the media. you got no room for it. You know, you got the PR department on eggshells wondering, okay, when he speaks, are we going to have to put out a fire? You know, I think you're sort of at the point where it was the end of the line for everybody. Yes. It was kind of surreal as he sat on that Gatorade tub because he was sitting in front of all the drink cups. So all the players were they coming by, by grabbing <laughs> three or four cups, trying to reach around him. And nobody, like you That's said, nobody, nobody put a hand on his shoulder. Yes. No one spoke to him. And it was uh, multiple players and trainers and stuff like that working around him there. He was just kind of in the way in a lot of different ways. All right. So, so moving forward now, who's the number two wide receiver? LaVisca Chenault. They're hoping he can get back this week, but he's coming off he an injury. Hamstring, right? Right. And then. Again, Terrace Marshall. We've been waiting on Terrace Marshall. They may there may be a real opportunity because he was the guy who came into the game when Robbie was sent home, sent to the locker room. I thought that Coach Wilts kind of showed you his hand about who's that second guy, and I thought that second guy was McCaffrey. He was, McCaffrey was the guy that was targeted. I mean, you think about every time they figure out how, how do we get the ball in McCaffrey's hand as a receiver. You know, he had he he was targeted a lot, and so when you say. DJ Moore is DJ Moore, and it's McCaffrey. That's enough as far as that to go ahead and get something. And then we sprinkle in maybe a tight end. We sprinkle in maybe one of the other guys who are taking the top off the off the defense. But McCaffrey, shorthanded. DJ, good hands. And LaVisca Chenault, again, if he's healthy, I think it was a nice healthy? spark. Obviously, yes, in the one, nice spark, the yes. one win, so we'll see with the – Hamstring injury updates are brought to you by Ortho Carolina. No matter if you're injury-prone weekend warrior, a parent of a child needing orthopedic care, when things look bad, choose better. P.J. Walker uh, being evaluated for a neck injury. He was able to uh, speak and meet with the media today in the locker room. Actually, again, has that connection with Robbie Anderson through Temple and so forth, and he was one of the ones that I said sorry that that situation went down the way it did. C.J. Henderson with a concussion to be evaluated with, and Dante Jackson dealing with an ankle injury. Ortho Carolina, a better choice, official team physician of the Carolina Panthers. All right, coming up, uh, we will talk to Johnny Hecker. Jim had a chance to call, uh, Jim had a chance to catch up with the Panthers punter who has been one of the bright spots on the team this season. Yes, he has. That is coming up next on the Carolina Panthers radio network. This is Panther Talk, brought to you by Atrium Health, because you deserve to live your best life, and we're here to help. Shotgun snap, Stafford drops back, pressure off the edge, Stafford steps up, and Derek Brown mauls him from behind at the 21. Um, You know, we had a lot of guys out, um, but you know what it is, man, it's our next man up, man. We're all professional athletes, and you know, that's how we got to be. We got to do our job at the highest level, so... 
just got to go in, fix some things, and then we'll come out, you know, positive next week, looking at the next challenge. This is Panther Talk on the Carolina Panthers Radio Network. Dirty little secret in the bowels of Bank of America Stadium. If you're ever looking for room temperature bottled water, the place to go is the desk of Panthers.com writer Darren Gant. He's got an <laughs> entire collection he just stocks it up. It, it, I guess he prefers room temperature, and he's got his Ask the Old Guy column on Panthers.com. Let's bring in Darren. No ice. You know, Darren, I know when your writers write in, you send them a swag bag, right, T-shirt, maybe cigarette butts, whatever else is in there. <laughs> um, you get no, no such prize for coming on this show. Maybe you could steal our producer David Langton's breath mints. That, that's, no, all, that's all we got for the you. The win agrees, stay with the Rob. The agrees How's that for Rob. an intro? Welcome to the show. Welcome, Darren. <laughs> there you go, Darren. Darren, you there? Oh, Darren, did he hang up on us already? Wow. Oh, hold on. I hear Darren in the background. There, I hear Hello, him now. Gentlemen Hello, gentlemen. There we go, Darren. We said that. There we have to is. do that all over again? Yeah, do we have to make fun of you again? <laughs> no, no. There's no need to make fun of me extra. I get enough of that in the course of a normal day. <laughs> well, hey, let, let's start with the uh, topic that's at the front of everybody's mind, the Robbie Anderson trade. You were in the locker room earlier today when you asked players about Robbie being shipped off to Arizona. What was the general reaction that you got? Well, I mean, Robbie kind of, uh, Robbie was, I don't know, he kind of kept to himself. I mean, he wasn't necessarily a man of the people. He was close with P.J. Walker, but I, I just don't think his personnel, personality uh, lent itself to a big outpouring of emotion. I mean, because he's a quiet guy, and he always has been, and, and kept to himself. I, I think everybody here mostly is uh, aware of the fact that their own business needs to get taken care of or, you know, a lot of jobs are on the line. So I, I think it's going to be interesting. It, it just got to be a bad situation. And, and I don't know that, um, I mean, last night obviously wasn't great, but I don't know if it would have surprised me if it would have happened without that, to be honest with you. Cards needed some help at wide receiver. Uh, you know, I don't know that Robbie was one of those players they kind of view as part of the long-term solution that they definitely didn't want to move. Uh, so I, I think it just kind of made sense as, as they start looking ahead to build up some of the draft capital uh, that they're going to need and kind of move on. Because, I mean, let's be honest, Robbie had a great season in 20, earned himself a raise, uh, perhaps, depending on your perspective. And then once he got it, the production really tailed off. What um, and we won't know the injury full story till Wednesday, of course. But uh, what's the pecking order kind of look like now after you get past DJ Moore, as far as uh, kind of who's the the rotational guys that you anticipate at wide receiver next? Yeah, well, I mean, Rashard Higgins is a guy who you can plug in and do a thing. I, I think the guy I'm interested to see how he develops is Terrace Marshall because he's a guy who has shown flashes in camp in practice. Uh, at different times, and he's got opportunity now. I mean, somebody needs to step up and make some plays. I, I think he is probably the first one I'm most curious to see. You know, Shai Smith's been a, a a guy who also had a very good training camp this year. That hasn't translated as much, but it, it's so hard to tell with any of these receivers in particular how they're developing because the quarterback play has been so uneven. I mean, that's been the constant for the Panthers over the first six weeks of this thing is is whether it was Baker, whether it was PJ yesterday, they just haven't gotten that much 
out of the position. And I think they went in yesterday with a different game plan, wanted to kind of protect it a little bit, run it as much as they could, keep the ball in Christian McCaffrey's hands. And P.J. wasn't really allowed to air it out the way he has in the past. And I think that's different for P.J., but until you get that position as a whole stabilized, that to me really is the first thing before we get into receiver A, B, or C. Derek Brown, he mentioned on that little segment about next man up mentality with all professionals. Um, have we? Have you guys heard anything in the locker room about maybe Jeremy Chen and Frankie Louisville about those guys coming back and what they add to uh, to this team defensively? Yeah, well, I think you know Jeremy still got another couple weeks on IR, but I talked to him today and he said he was kind of progressing pretty well, felt good. Uh, didn't know the exact timeline. I, I think they are going to get a, a little boost uh, here coming soon. Frankie Louvu is tracking to be able to play this week. So is J.C. Horn. You get those two yes. back on defense, and that's a huge difference. I mean, if you look at the way that game unfolded last night or 12 hours ago or what even time is it anymore, I don't know. Um, not having a J.C. Horn out there on the perimeter made a big difference defensively. So the, the hope is, and from talking to J.C. today, he he's planning on practicing this week and, and giving it a shot to be out there because they certainly need him, and, and it would have made a huge difference last night for sure. Darren, two weeks from Tuesday is the trade deadline, and when you're 1-5, and five, the reality is any player on the roster – who has perceived value, their name is going to be thrown into the rumor mill, whether it's real, right. whether it's not. So uh, just from what you've gleaned, you know, huh. how much of what is out there actually has any merit? Uh, a very small portion has merit, but there's so, so much out there. And that's why I always challenge my readers and challenge our listeners to be discerning consumers (laughs) of their uh, professional football media because not all this stuff is real. Uh, If you believe people who say there's a fire sale about to commence, I would challenge their sources. I do not believe that uh, to be the case. Could there be another move or two? Maybe. But I don't think there's going to be big wholesale changes to this thing because you know, eventually things are going to stabilize here and they're going to want people like Brian Burns, like Derek Brown, you know, why would like DJ Moore, why would you part with those kind of assets right now unless you get premium hauls? I mean, listen, Scott Fitter sort of uh, probably set himself up a little bit when he made the line about in on every deal, uh, but he's going to get calls and people are going, vultures are going to circle and they're going to want to see if they can get distressed assets on the cheap or, or, or guys who are talented players for less than market value. And Scott's just not going to, Scott's just not going to trade a Brian Burns unless he's getting a, a haul that makes it, of course you would do that deal. And I don't think anybody's really calling him right now offering that kind of stuff to make him rethink it. So we just continue uh, to push on. And and I always tell people, remember who says things, keep score. Uh, Remember who their sources may or may not be because uh, we'll see. You know, I'm a grudge holder, though. So, I mean, (laughs) when we get in that media space, I always say, well, let's check his batting average on the back of his baseball card and see how good he is at this. Uh, crotchety old writer Darren Gant and uh, you, you know ah. you, you, you talk about the, I'll leave you with this you say hey listen to what Scott Fitterer said when he says he listens and then everybody thinks he's going to sure. you know, trade everybody I think you have to listen you're not going to hang up the phone 
if the Seattle Seahawks call and say, hey, we want Eugene Robinson to come and do our pre-post and be our analyst and be our guy, and they're going to give you a couple of first-round picks, you're buying umbrellas tomorrow. That's right. We're, def- we're definitely doing that trade for the hey, first round pick. We're definitely doing it. Here we are. We are as, baby. as your agent, we accept this. <laughs> well, some, some people in this organization are untouchable, and Gene's one of them. Not going for that. No, you I heard multiple first round picks. Multiple first round, multiple picks, first round picks. It's done. Uh, yeah, we're not selling them short. No, but you're absolutely right. It's because because uh, you know Scuffeter has to entertain. That's part of his job. His sure. job is to have his. You know, he, he's supposed to be looking at all the feelers that come in, and he has to be able to disseminate between what's right, what's good, what's better, what's best, all that stuff. What it makes sense for the team? Right. Because if he doesn't, he's not doing his job, right, uh, Derek? No, no question about it. And and we just mentioned. I mean, Brian Burns for a hypothetical. You know, the bar's been set. Look at what Khalil Mack brought back in trade. And, I mean, it would have to top that. And if somebody's willing to make a ridiculous deal like that, and, you know, I guess you'd listen, sure. But I, whoever the full-time head coach of the Carolina Panthers is in 2023, whether Steve Wilkes or somebody else, is going to want either Brian Burns or somebody very much like him. So, uh, and the same is true of DJ Moore. Same is true of Derek Brown. So I, I just think all these reports are—they're kind of eye candy. It's—it's it's, people get excited about talking. It's good content in 31 other markets. You know what do the Bills need? And they look around at teams that are struggling, and that's where the Carolina Panthers are right now. So they're easy marks for that kind of content. They just don't make it real. I just tweeted out, Anish Shroff says Eugene Robinson available for multiple first-round picks. So we'll, we'll see what happens with it. Wow. Uh, well, Darren's going to hold a grudge now, so be careful. Darren, we'll let you get back to your grudges and your mailbag. Check the source. That's what and I heard. your sources it, it, and your it, it, snark it, and your bottled water. It never stops. It never stops. We'll see y'all tomorrow. See you, Darren. DarrenGantPanthers.com. Check him out. Uh, ask him questions. Ask the old guy. Send in your questions. You might get some swag in return. Panther Talk continues here on the Carolina Panthers Radio Network. Panther Talk continues on the Carolina Panthers Radio Network. Anish Shroff, Jim Zoki, Eugene Robinson. All right, quick segment. Let's do some rapid-fire questions. Eugene, if you were traded to Seattle for a couple of first-round picks... Sammamish, Pagum. Renton, Bellevue, where are you living? Woodenville. Woodenville, with the wine. <laughs> Woodenville, absolutely. As a matter of fact, I ended up in Woodenville. I went from Kirkland to Redmond to Woodenville. Chateau St. Michel's. Oh, you know that's right. Oh, holla at your boy. Come on. No, come on. That's, that's boy. Some, some good wine. All right, Jim, here, here's one. Uh, after fixing the O line, this comes from Joshua Betts at Josh Betts. After fix, fixing the O line in the offseason, um, do we dare trade from it? Oh, gosh, no. No. That's the most important thing. The Rams are not going to go to the Super Bowl this year. I saw Joe uh, Noteplume got uh, a torn ACL, or Achilles, actually, in our game yesterday, and their offensive line was already in shambles. I begin with the offensive line and then then worry about even quarterback or something after that, because if you don't have that right, you don't have anything right. Absolutely. Eugene, who steps up at wide receiver now that Robbie is at Arizona? I think it's going to be between Higgins and Marshall, and I think that um, Marshall played really well a year ago, like he was that guy. He said, like, oh, this guy's going to be exciting. But Higgins got this thing like he wants to be the guy. He reminds me, I want to be the guy. And so I think that he looks at the landscape going, hey, I have a chance to go ahead and make a mark. So I think Higgins might be that guy. All right, Jim, we'll, we'll leave with uh, with this one. Who's who's playing quarterback this week? <laughs> Eason. I have to wait to see the injury report on Wednesday. No, no, you can't. No, no, you don't get that. You don't get that. I have to look at the tape. 
You need a hot take. This is a this is a this is a radio talk show. Come on, you know the drill. If uh, if the injury report stays the same, it's it's PJ Walker since he had a neck, not a concussion, because it's not Jacob Eason, and the other quarterbacks are, aren't uh, currently cleared right now. So my I, answer as of as of Monday has to be PJ. I'm going with Eason. Jacob Eason. I'm going with Eason. There's something I don't know. There was something about the way he moved the offense down the field, and something about. I don't know. I was saw him directing people. I was like, you know what? Guy looks like he knows these. This Eason has nothing to do with PJ. Eason just reminds me of a guy who's about to put some work in. You're playing to your Washington ties. He's that's, a Washington guy. Mm-hmm. That's because he got traded there, and now he's trying to be that guy. All right, all right, Eugene. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> there you go. Eugene's still here. Eason. We'll be back yeah. with one more segment. Traded for bubblegum. Panther talk continues go. after this. <laughs> Panther Talk continues on the Carolina Panthers Radio Network. And Ashraf, Jim Zoki, Eugene Robinson wrapping up Panther Talk. What is it, week seven now? It'll be the Panthers and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers second division game. Hey, 1-0 in the division. Bucks and Tom Brady come to town this Sunday. Um, listen, this is not the same Tampa team no, that we've not. seen the last couple of years with Brady. They look vulnerable. I was looking at the offensive numbers. We know the Panthers have struggled in the first half. They only have one offensive touchdown in the season. Guess how many of the Bucks have? Two. Mm. Wow. Isn't, isn't it interesting? I know that the conversation is Bucks, but some of the big-name teams that finished off in January into February last year and how they're kind of struggling. They're struggling. Green Bay is struggling. The Rams we just saw are struggling. Tampa Bay. I mean, these are like the elite teams in the league, and they're just – Somewhat pedestrian, at least on offense. You know, defensively they're they're all okay, but I think offensively we're talking about some of the great teams. Even Cincinnati struggled out of the gate with what they're doing this year, and they got to the Super Bowl last year. So it's kind of interesting where the season left off last year. How this league will humble you and quickly bring the pack back in. And it's too much parity in the league. I think there's just too much parity in the league. And no, it's not enough parity. We need know, more of it. I know, but there's enough defense. <laughs> I mean, defensively, you know, I put our defense up against any team. There's no doubt about that. We are good defensively. We fly around the ball. We just can't be on the field all day long. Right. You know, and if we can somehow get off on third down or the offense able to go ahead and stay on the field on third down, that buys a lot of time for our defense to re-energize, rejuvenate, and not be out there all day long. I always look at point differential as a barometer of parity. You know, where does it stand? So pulling up the NFL standings, you got Buffalo at plus 95. Philly at plus 56. Now, remember, we're six games into the season. After that, you know, 49ers plus 33, but they're three and three. Chiefs are in first place, only plus 30 through six games. Um, nobody else in the league is above plus 30. I mean, wow. that's that's stunning at this point. You know, the AFC North, the teams at the top, three and three. In the AFC South, three and two, three and two. In the NFC North, you got the Vikings, surprising five surprising. and one. But in the NFC South and the West, the teams again at the top are all three and three. Yeah, see, it it just tells me too much parity, and that's why when you look at going into this game, I'm like, oh, okay, win a game and you win a conference game. All right, you already beat the Saints. What win a conference game? It's doable. It's doable. There's no much to lore about. Hey, Tom Brady's gonna come in and just kill you. No, he's not. He, he's not. He's he, he's just regular now. He's regular from one standpoint. He's just a regular. Said, wait, dude. wait, hold on. No, breaking, no. breaking. Is he mortal? He's mortal. So Basically, far, so far he this year, is so. mortal. That's exactly what you're seeing, too. Because at some point in time, age is going to catch up with you. you know, And you're not going to be able to do what you'd like to go ahead and do. 
You're not. He stayed one year too long. I, I said that, but I think know, Giselle said that I too. Think his Giselle wife said might have that. said that too. And we're all saying it. Well, maybe one week too long if he doesn't come here. You're right. Oh, you're right. In the words of Lloyd Christmas, <laughs> you're telling me there's a chance. <laughs> this has been Panther Talk, brought to you by Atrium Health. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bop Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Pluma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds to Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club.